Regions believes that being a bank means serving the community. Regions is shining the light on local food banks as they feed our neighbors in need. See how you can help at regions.com slash food bank. The Regions branches are open by drive through or lobby appointment only. Bank safely and securely from almost anywhere with Regions Online banking or mobile banking. Data rates may apply. Regions Bank. Member FDIC. The Duly Noted Podcast is brought to you by Tire Kingdom. Let Tire Kingdom get you there safely and affordably. Midas. Trust the Midas Touch. Outback Steakhouse. No rules, just right. And by Regions Bank. Making life better every day. This is Duly Noted. Everything Florida Gators with your host, Pat Dooley. Okay, welcome into another edition of the Duly Noted Podcast. Appreciate everybody for listening in. Appreciate all the kind words as well. Appreciate some of the stuff I got in the mail. I, I came in because I'm only coming in on Tuesdays to, to check mail and do this podcast because I'm doing all my work from home like most people are and trying to stay safe. Um, but when I came in today, I got a, a new CD. I didn't even know I listened to CDs anymore, but I will listen to this one. I, I can't review it yet, but a, that a, a listener show, uh, gave me. And so happy to get this, a Robert Morris T-shirt. And if you don't know why a Robert Morris T-shirt matters to me, you have to go back to the year that John Calipari got beaten in the NIT by Robert Morris. And as you know, my policy on teams that knock Kentucky out of tournaments I uh, I adore them. I I I'm sorry, but I I'm in one room and the T-shirt's in another with a note, and I can't tell you who sent it to me because I don't have the name. But I appreciate it, and I hope he's listening. Uh, I will be wearing that tomorrow. I promise you, wherever I'm going. I think I have a doctor's appointment and then some other stuff to do. But I'll be. And, and the, the funny thing is, when you wear these T-shirts, because I wear them, you know, I got a Boise State, I got a. A uh, Gonzaga, they knocked FSU out one year. I got a uh, obviously a Louisville one, although the Louisville one I think has finally met its demise because it's just too many holes in it. So that one went out. Um, Virginia is one of my favorite ones. Any team that knocks out Cheating Bruce Pearl, I'm happy to buy their T-shirt. So I got that T-shirt. But that's what I wear. I wear all these different colleges and. Um, I, I'm, I've still thought about getting one from the Banana Slugs. What, is that Santa Barbara, I think? I need to get one of those. But look, as it says on my radio bio, I never turned down a free T-shirt. Somebody sent me one from Cincinnati after they beat UCF. That was very nice. Appreciated that one as well. Uh, we've got a lot to talk about, and, and we're not going to shy away from the big story at hand, obviously what everybody's dealing with and what everybody's talking about. And uh, it's, it's just a, uh, it's a sad story, but I feel like uh, what I, what, it, what a lot of people have said is true. If you're silent, you're part of the problem. So I'm going to say my piece on all that we're, we're going through. Uh, I do feel like, look, there are bad cops. There are bad protesters. Um, that's just the way it works sometimes. You have to deal with it. Um, but at the same time, there are an awful lot of good cops and a lot of awful lot of good protesters. You know, and I think that, unfortunately, the people who loot and do terrible things and, and that some are even brought in to do those things, uh, they get the publicity. And, um, you know, it's hard for you to sit there as a – as a dad and explain to your 19 year old daughter who just turned 19 on Sunday, happy birthday to Kelsey, you know, why cops, a cop may save your life one day when she's seen the video. And it's really hard to explain that. I know a lot of cops and a lot of cops are really good people. There are a lot of bad cops out there and you see it every day and we're seeing it. Look, they're not acting their best right now. You know, beating up people and, and beating up newspaper people and beating up cameramen. I mean, shooting rubber bullets at Dale Murphy's kid? Come on! 
You cannot shoot a, Mur- a, a bullet at Dale Murphy's son and hit him in the eye and he may lose his eye. And that made me sad. But, you, you know, I'm not going to sit here and condemn all police. I'm not going to con- sit here and condemn all people uh, that have done all these terrible things on the streets as all thugs. It's it's a bad situation. Our cities are burning. I'm glad I live in this town. This is a town that has almost been very lucky when it comes to, to COVID. We haven't had many cases and we haven't had many deaths. And we had a peaceful protest. Good Good time to be living in Gainesville, Florida, I can tell you that. All these coaches made statements. They were, uh, in a way, they were shamed into them. Like, um, it got to a point where, how come these guys haven't said anything? Oh, we, we got to draft something for Coach X to say. You know, D- Dabo had his little presser, which I don't, I didn't think he came across as being the kind of guy that you want in the, in the battlefields of what we're dealing with. And I think Pat Forty wrote a column about that. But he's also a guy who blasphemed uh, Colin Kaepernick. Look, here's here's the last thing I'm going to say about this, and then we'll talk sports, okay? I totally got what, what Colin Kaepernick – Colin Kaepernick is one of my favorite players ever in college. And I totally got what he did when he knelt. And people made too big of a negative deal about it, and it turned into a – hot button topic if you remember and the way I remember it he knelt for a couple of games before anybody even noticed and then I think it was my friend Steve Weish who went down after a game and said hey why'd you do that and that's when the story got out and then it became it became this gigantic thing it's a sad situation it's sad that we still in this country have blatant racism it really is that's the thing that bothers me the most out of all this and i see it every day i see it every single day i dealt with it when i was a kid i wrote about it in my column and again i'm not a black man but I still dealt with racism, and you would think St. Augustine, Florida, would be the last place you would have to deal with it, but St. Augustine was a hot-button city during that time in 68. It was bad over there. I just can't believe we're still having to deal with this and and deal with it at this level. And it's really sad. Uh, It's sad to be to have to constantly dealing with but it's not going to go away if you forget about it if this becomes and and you're going to take this the wrong way and people are going to email me i know but if this becomes like the michael jordan documentary and the reason i'm using that as an example is for 10 or five weeks we watched every minute of it we loved it it got unbelievable ratings and then for a week afterwards it's all anybody talked about and then the next week a few people talked about it and then it went away it just went away it's like nobody even remembers the michael jordan documentary don't do that with this don't do that with this continue to talk talk to your friends talk to your families talk to them about it what everybody's dealing with talk is the answer of course, as the great John Lennon once saying, love is the answer, but we got to talk before we can get to love. All right, I'm going to take a break, and then when I come back, it's all sports, okay? I promise you. Maybe you don't like me talking about other things, but I'm going to do it anyway. Um, we are going to be joined later in the show by Matt Baker from the Tampa Bay Times. And uh, uh, again, we'll, we'll take a break right here, and we'll come back. And I will tell you about some good things that happened for Florida, some not-so-great things during this week. You're listening to the duly noted podcast at Gatorsports.com.
entire kingdom is open to serve your auto repair needs at all 190 plus locations throughout the state of Florida. Tire Kingdom is taking additional safety precautions and offers curbside and stay-in car services. Tire Kingdom is currently offering oil change specials and essential business appreciation offers on tires and service. Visit TireKingdom.com for details. That's TireKingdom.com. Hey, Gator fans, in all kinds of weather, we all stick together, and we need that now more than ever. Doors are open at your local Gainesville Midas on Archer Road and at other Midas locations throughout the country. At Midas, our doors have been open since 1956, and that's not going to change now. As an essential business, we remain committed to keeping the health and safety of you and your vehicle a priority. Come on by or go to Midas.com to find your local store hours. Welcome back to the Duly Noted Podcast. Kind of funny that uh, I got to work today, and I was very happy to get those presents. Presents are welcome, okay? <laughs> you you can send me anything you want, any T-shirt. I'm big on T-shirts, 2XL because I'm a big fatty. But I love, I love those shirts um, from other schools because I can't wear – I've told this story before. I can't wear Gator stuff. I walk around in Gator stuff. They go, oh, he's a Gator fan. No, no, no. I'm just a fan of teams that beat Kentucky and FSU and stuff like that. I've got a Wisconsin shirt. i got a Michigan shirt, you know. I never wear that Michigan one. It's too hard to wear. You just feel like, eh, Tim Harbaugh. So you don't want to wear that one. I did get one. I did buy one. Um, so anyway, uh, I got into work and I realized I'd left my notebook at home. So I had to call my daughter and say, hey, take a picture of my notebook, send it to me. And then um, Brad McClendon was able to print it out for me. And so here it is. <laughs> There's not that much on it. Now I look down and I go, I didn't have that. My thoughts weren't that good. All right. We start out with the news of this week that Lorenzo Lingard has been cleared. I think I'm a big believer that the NCAA is going to clear almost everybody uh, this year. And they should clear everybody. They should tell everybody if you transferred in and we're not, and we're, look, you can put your foot down right here and go, boom. As soon as your team reports, which for Florida is June 8th. And this is over okay this what we're about to say is over but if you have transferred in and you've already made that and you're having to deal with this covid you're you you don't have to sit out of here nobody has to sit out of here now if you do it afterwards and you go oh i don't have to sit out of here i'm transferring we're, that's why we're not going to let that happen then you can still appeal the old way i mean that's i think that makes a lot of sense but sense and the NCAA, I don't think you can spell NCAA without any letter from the – well, the N. The N's the only letter you can you can say is in both. But they never make sense. We know that. But the good news is for Lorenzo Lingard, he gets to be on this team this year and participate in everything and may, may make a difference. Now, what we don't know with Lorenzo Lingard, is he, is he going to be great? Is he going to be good? Is it going to be average? Is it going to be nothing? You Nobody knows the answer to that question. You don't know about that question about anybody that comes in, anybody that transfers in, anybody that signs. You really don't know the answers. You didn't know it about Tim Tebow. Oh, what are you talking about? Everybody knew he was going to be something special. You didn't know it. Nobody knew he was going to win the Heisman as a sophomore and should have won it as a junior and went and be part of two national champions. You didn't know that. Sorry. Now, you may have dreamed that and wished it, but you didn't know he was going to be what he, what he turned out to be. You didn't know that about Percy Harvin. You didn't know that about Steve Spurrier. So we never know whether a guy's going to be great or good or average or meh. And meh, I don't mean as an insult. I just mean some guys, 
just don't work out. They don't. They don't have a big impact. And you know who they are. I'm not going to name names. That's not fair to them. But there are some guys that just don't work out. Lorenzo Lingard may be that one of those guys, but he may be a, a big factor for Florida this year. You have to look. What I look at is the fact that they have. I like that room a little better. That running back room. When you add, I mean, Damian Pierce seems to be the lead dog there. Then you add in Malik Davis. See how, see if maybe he's ready to be the guy he was as a freshman before he got hurt. See if Lingard's ready to be the guy he was as a recruit, not the guy who last year couldn't really get it done because of his injury. And, and they kind of sat him down. There's some other guys in that room. So they've got guys, you know, Nick on right, red-shirted, um, Iverson Clement. So there are plenty of running backs, and that's good. On the other hand, Lingard might turn out to be great. And if he's great, maybe he can even run when there's no hole. I don't know. I don't know too many guys who can, but he might. So we'll see. Um, but Florida's – there's a lot – Again, this this roster continues to feel pretty thick. You know, with the addition of Stuart Reese, now you get Lingard is going to be a player um, or is going to be eligible. And you kind of can't wait to see how this roster is put into play by this coaching staff who you think is pretty good. Now a lot depends, and we're going to talk to Matt Baker about this a little bit, um, how they all work out, how they, what they did. What, what did, did you eat Cheetos the whole time you were gone? Did you lift any weights? Did you run? Did you, what were you doing? There, there, there are going to be guys like that. I promise you at every school, what did you do to get ready? Uh, I saw this thing that was pretty interesting. It was like, what, teams have to do to win the national championship in the top I think it was top 25 and for Florida and this was a good stat so I thought I'd share it with you they got to get better on third down defense and I think everybody's always like the whole knock on Grantham was third and Grantham you know that was the, the saying at Georgia and Florida this year was 53rd in the country on third and long and 54th on third and medium so they've got to get better at that, but they do like to blitz. And on third and short, they're not going to have David Reese in there plugging holes, which is a concern for me. To me, it's one of my biggest concerns with this team. they got to get better at that. And I'm sure, look, Todd Grantham's had plenty of time to look at it. <laughs> you know, these guys are studying film, believe me, um, you know, this isn't like uh, you're coaching some other sports where you're just basically trying to get t- trying to recruit and get players in there and and hope for the best. I mean, you're studying some tape, but football is all about tape. Football is the, the tapiest sport there is. Tape, video, whatever you want to call it, film. Remember Spurrier one day. Somebody said, what? Coach, when you're watching film, he goes, ah, we don't watch film. We watch tape now. I bet you these coaches have spent a lot of time studying tape because you have to. You have to be on top of it. You have to make progress. And, and that's the way it is at every school. Um, okay, a couple other things I want to get to before we get to Matt Baker. Uh, college football-wise, Notre Dame Navy is switched to Navy. We knew they weren't going to play in Dublin. That was never – I don't think anybody thought that was going to happen once this thing broke out. Um, they're going to play it at Navy, and it's the first time they've ever played it there. So that will be cool. And it's kind of funny because I think we know where game day is going to be. I, I don't know – I wonder if the game day boys are like, oh, we're going to get to go to Dublin. All right. This will be the greatest. But no, now you get to go to Navy. Which will be cool, but not as cool as going to Dublin. As I'm guessing, that's where they were going to go. Uh, the big news, and, and, and Dabo, and again, look, all these uh, statements that have come out. In fact, uh, my good friend, um, 
uh, Charlie Strong just actually tweeted or texted me what he posted on Twitter, which I had seen it on Twitter, but I think he kind of wants to get this out. And let me go ahead and read what Charlie said. And Charlie, I, I, I'm only reading this because he just texted it to me, okay? And I think it's really important. It's long. Okay, maybe I'm not going to read it. It's way too long. <laughs> Each year I sit down and make a promise to the families of young men that I will enrich, protect, and improve their son's life. I find myself at a loss for words imagining what I would say to George Floyd of this week was, was on my team. How can I make a promise to protect a young man from a system that is not designed to protect him? And he goes on and on and on uh, about this. Cannot wrap his head around anyone's life would be taken so senselessly. And then finishes up with a quote from Dr. King. Use me, God. Show me how, how to take who I am, who I want to be, and what I can do, and use it for, my, for a purpose greater than myself, which is a great quote. We all need to do that. We all need to, to just try to be better people. Sometimes that's hard for some people. Some people don't want to be better people. And that's part of what we're dealing with. Is some people don't want to be better people. They like the people they are. They like being racist. They like hating people of color. And they're living that life and they're, they're good with that life. And that's part of the problem. What we've got to do is make it harder for them to do it. Not do violence. Not do hard, harsh words. Just by making it, making you stand out more. If you are that. I promise I wasn't going to preach anymore, so I'm going to stop. But my point was going to be, I saw, you know, all these different people who came out with uh, uh, statements, all the coaches, and they, look, most of them didn't write them. Maybe none of them wrote them. Some of them did. You could tell some of them did. I think Kirby Smart might have. I think Tom Herman might have. But most of them didn't write they, they, they just had something put together and, and released it. And they felt kind of shamed into it. Uh, but the interesting thing about Dabo, Dabo did his at a press conference, a Zoom press conference. But in the, in the, um, in the end, the lead story wasn't what he said. It was that Justin, Ro- Ro- um, Justin Ross, who's a great receiver for them, is out for the year and may never play football again. That's all anybody was going to write about. The, the heck of what Dabo said – they miss, they're missing one of their best wide receivers. So that certainly was not good news for them. Also, Pat Dye uh, passed away. Uh, he did have COVID, although he was asymptomatic. He had kidney and liver problems. You know, I think when you get COVID, and I don't know, I'm no doctor, when you get COVID and you've got problems, I think it, it just speeds up your death, maybe a death that was going to come anyway. Uh, 99, 33, and 4, and of course the 4 – is the reason that a lot of people refer to him as Pat Ty, not Pat Die, because there was that was it was it I want to say it was FSU that they chose to go for the tie, uh, but he moved the game, the Iron Bowl, so that Auburn could play at home, and that changed that whole dynamic. And thank goodness they did, because that place is a dump, that stadium in Birmingham. Um, so I didn't really have a lot of real, a real relationship with him, so I don't want to talk about a guy that I didn't really know, but obviously did a lot of great things. And I know that you can kind of tell what people are saying about a guy uh, as to what kind of person he was. People who you respect, if they respected him, then you respect that person through osmosis. All right, we're going to talk a little bit about Andrew Nemard. We're going to talk a little bit about baseball, whether they're going to come back. Three things still to come. Uh, and But right now we're going to take a break, and we're going to come back with Matt Baker from the Tampa Bay Times to talk about college football when we return on the Duly Noted Podcast at Gatorsports.com. <laughs> 
Outback Steakhouse is committed to serving communities by doing what they do best, serving you and making a great steak. That's why Outback has curbside takeaway and delivery open and available starting daily at 11 a.m. at most locations. Let Outback help make things a little easier and taste a whole lot better. Visit Outback.com for more information and to place your curbside takeaway order. And Outback will bring your order straight to your car. Or you can order delivery directly from Outback.com. You can also find Outback Steakhouse on DoorDash and Uber Eats. Regions believes that being a bank means serving the community. Regions is shining the light on local food banks as they feed our neighbors in need. See how you can help at Regions.com slash food bank. The Regions branches are open by drive through or lobby appointment only. Bank safely and securely from almost anywhere with Regions Online banking or mobile banking. Data rates may apply. Regions Bank. Member FDIC. All right, welcome back to the Duly Noted Podcast. Great pleasure to be joined by my friend Matt Baker, Tampa Bay Times. And uh, uh, I know he's, like like all of us, been going through tough times. We, uh, without anything to write about, we're having to find things to write about. But I think I thought you made a great point in your column uh, the other day when you talked about how, and this is something I've been kind of saying on, on radio a little bit, this is not going to be a fair season. Everybody's got to get over it. <laughs> that is exactly right. It's just not. Like, it's it's already been unfair. I mean, you look at, at spring ball and the way that affected teams. Um, Arizona State got all 15 of their practices in just because they happened to think it was beneficial to them to start earlier. Obviously, they had no idea what was coming, so you can't blame them for it. That's just the reality. Florida State started a week earlier than, than the Gators were supposed to, so the Knolls got in three practices. Florida got in zero. And if you think, you know, and also just the way that teams have been uh, returning to, to workouts where, you know, Florida State started some stuff on, on uh, June 1st. The Gators are going to get back June 8th. Other teams, Oklahoma is not going to wait until or is going to wait until July 1st, I think, is their plan. Yeah. If you think that stuff doesn't matter, here, here's what I would tell you, Dewey, and tell everybody out there. The Gators are in the process of working on that $85 million football facility, right? One of the reasons why is so they can cut down on transit time that, that they waste with their current facilities in terms of the 10 or 15 minutes, whatever it takes to walk from the weight, you know, the, the, the main locker room over to the field and what have you. And it, these things are done to such a the nth degree that uh, architects and whatever are going to look at the way players will go in and out of meeting rooms so that they can cut down on 10 seconds here, 30 seconds here. So, so coaches are that focused on the minutia of trying to shave off 30 seconds here and there. They can spend that 30 seconds getting ready for Georgia or you know, Florida State, whoever it is. Now you're talking about 12 practices, 15 practices, two extra weeks of workouts, whatever the case may be. That's a huge advantage, and it's, it's not anybody's fault. It's just this is the situation we have. And so, it, no, it, it's not going to be fair. And I think the sooner everybody recognizes it, the better because let's you know let's not worry about fair let's not worry about anything like that let's just try and make this as safe as possible for for the players the coaches the fans administrators and have the best season we can because goodness knows it's better than no season at all well yeah that's been my argument all along we'd rather have some games and no games and we'd rather have a tainted champ than no champ at the end of the year but uh, you know another thing is you could be in a situation where uh, team A cannot ha- play their opener against a cupcake to get ready for for their second game, which is a tough one because team the other team a- ends up with a, a huge outbreak, so they can't play that game. Uh, you could have all kinds of things that are, you're going to look at and go, man, that's not right, that's not fair. But we all have to do the right thing and make sure we're on the on still on everybody's on the right path to getting to the end of this thing, so that maybe maybe possibly next football season can just be normal. Back on the uh, the 1943 season. Duly, I believe that was your 10th on the yeah, beat yeah, in was, Gainesville, yeah. if I remember right. <laughs> <Funny>. <laughs> um, 
but but seriously, what what was so fascinating about that? Obviously, we were in the middle of World War II, and times were were so different. But in this, in some way, the decisions that were being made then are the same ones being made now. Um, what can we do to to make everybody safe, and what are the ways that we need to contribute? to building morale as a country, as a region, as a state, and also contribute to the, you know, the, the greater effort. Then it was the World War II, and now it's a, a pandemic. So there were conversations then about, should we play football? Should we not play football? Uh, Florida did not play football. The uh, University of Tampa did not play football. But Miami eventually was able to squeeze together a partial season. Um, so if you go back and look at the record books from that year in the SEC, you see, I think it was Tulane, Georgia Tech, LSU and uh, I forget the other team played that season. Alabama did not. Tennessee did not. Florida did not. Georgia did not. Um, and, and Vanderbilt ended up playing like a weird partial schedule. So th- these are just, you know, I, I expect some of those type of things to happen here. I don't know that every team is going to be ready to play on September 5th. I don't know that as you go through the season, every team is going to be able to play on November 14th or whatever it is. Um, when you look at some of the other historical comparisons for this, in 1918, uh, when we had the, the awful Spanish flu outbreak, which is the closest thing anybody can can come up to something like what we've been going, what's been going on now. Uh, I mean, there were isolated outbreaks where you know, your University of Georgia quarantined people for a week in October or, or some period of time in October. What if something like that happens again? So there's just so many hypotheticals that you can go down, and, and even if most of them don't happen, and I certainly hope they don't. But there's still going to be some weird possibilities that, like you said, it's just not going to be fair. It's going to affect one team more than another and differently than another. And that's just the way it is because they're – I hate to break it to everybody, but there's more important things going on right now than college football. Yeah, you know, I I actually did a little research on that 1918 pandemic, and Florida played one game against what what now is I think NAS was Camp Johnston at the time, lost 14-2. to so they should have fired the coach right away. But, uh, but, like, but like Oklahoma and Texas, I think it was, played eight games. And so one of those teams ended up being national champs. Uh, of course, we live in a different world now. But um, it will be interesting to see how that goes. And the other thing to me, um, Matt, is that I'm, I'm going to be fascinated to see what it looks like when they do start playing and how many guys – get dehydrated, get cramps, get Achilles injuries, which are the most likely to come up when you haven't been getting into shape. How many guys did the, the, the work that their strength coaches asked them to do while they were sitting home, and how many guys were eating Oreos and sitting on the couch playing Fortnite? There, there's definitely something to that, um, and there's also something to Even if the players were trying to do the right thing, there were, I mean, let's face it, they've had different access to, to good workout facilities. Yeah. You know, I, I talked to uh, a Gator swimmer, Bobby Fink, who's from down here. And he was swimming in Tampa Bay for a while, you know, a, a potential Olympian he was like Kramer. next year. <laughs> yeah, he's just, he's, just, he's just swimming in Tampa Bay because that's what, that's what he could do. Um, some people, you know, some players, I'm sure, had either a home gym or a buddy with a home gym that they could go work out at. Some people were just, you know, lifting gallons of milk or whatever the case may be to try and do the best they can. So, yeah, I think their motivation would be a, a factor for some. But even in the people who are trying to do the right thing, they, not all of them had the right uh, equipment and facilities available. So, yeah, it's that's going to be a, another factor where different schools are going to be hit differently by that and different players. And it, it, it's going to be, I think, to some degree, a crapshoot. And, it's, it's again, it's nobody's fault. It's just that's just the way it is this year. Yeah. Well, and, I mean, some of those guys, their motivation is when they get back, their strength coach is going to kill them if they're not ready to go. You know, so they're they're worried about that. So they've got to get uh, where they're in shape so they can handle when they get an actual strength coach working with them. But uh, certainly with, with Florida, somebody asked me this earlier today on, on another show is on how much of a – like I think Florida's got an advantage and that I think they have a coach who's great at planning for – Disaster. Okay, not not this kind of a disaster, but he he plans really well. That's why Kyle Trask can come into a game down twenty one ten without ever starting a game since his freshman year and do what he did. You don't do that unless you have a coach who knows what he's doing. 
They have a lot of, uh, obviously, with a quarterback who's experienced. So there's an advantage there for Florida. But not having Nick Savage with these guys for that period of time, I mean, that was a big advantage for Florida is how, how well he did at that. He's not the only strength coach in America, I know, but I think a lot of people felt like he's one of the best. Absolutely, and when you look at the the way the Gators have improved in the Dan Mullen era compared to the Jim McElwain era, yeah, I certainly think strength and conditioning is part of that. So that's certainly going to be a hit. Um, To what extent, to what degree, how quickly can he get them all up to speed? I mean, these are among the the unanswered questions that we, we, we just don't know right now. All right, I got some some uh, questions for you, and and these are total speculative. I mean, totally. All right, nobody's going to hold you to them. Uh, chances Ooh. there are eighty thousand people in the swamp on September fifth. Two percent. I just I just have a hard time. I have a hard time thinking that we're going to be that way um, with the pandemic. That a, that will be allowed. I have a hard time thinking there's – I mean, obviously we know how, how big the fan base is in Gainesville, and I'm not disputing or knocking the Gators at all and their fans here, um, so don't take that out of context message boards. Um, <laughs> but I, I just think as a society, I have a hard time imagining there's going to be 80,000 people who are cool with that. I mean, I, I talked with one Gators fan who had season tickets for a, a long, long time. You know, he's got some underlying health conditions. He's not going to be there. He's not comfortable with it. And I can't imagine a, or I have a really hard time imagining that a it will be allowed, and b that there will be enough people who are okay with that even in September, unless things get a lot better between now and then. All right, b chances you are in the swamp, sitting in the press box on September fifth. That one's tougher. Yeah, um, it is tough. <laughs> I, I'm going to say fifteen percent. Um, some of it, again, just me specifically, you know this, I covered the Seminoles as well and, and a little bit of Miami. FSU is supposed to play in Atlanta against West Virginia. That's a more interesting game. In a perfect world, I would be there to watch the Mike Norvell era begin. But this obviously is not a perfect world. Um, I don't know at where we will be as a company at the Tampa Bay Times with me traveling out of state right. in addition to what the media restrictions will be like. I think it's more likely that there will be some people orders be allowed in Gainesville, that the swamp has an open-air press box. It's something that I think is interesting here, and that's not, um, not, not something I think a lot of listeners and readers would think about, but that's something that I have thought about in my head just as a reporter with a, a, a wife and a three-year-old. So, yeah, 15%. All right, and finally, chances that all the bowl games are played exactly when they're scheduled? 20%. Uh, Again, it's just so hard. The the bowl games are going to be so interesting. You know, I'm going to downgrade that to 10%. Um, I don't, you know, for a while there was a conversation about the football season getting delayed till spring. I don't think that's going to happen. Um, Again, we, we have no freaking idea. But I think that I feel less likely that that's going to happen now than I did a, a month ago. Um, so I think the issue that we could have with bowl games is, A, how are all of those climates doing, I mean, those, those locations? How are they in terms of the pandemic and their local restrictions? B, you have to look at the possibility. I'm not a public health expert, but there's certainly a, a possibility from what I've read of a second wave or a second spike in that November, December period. Uh, and then when you look at what some of the schools have done here in the last couple of weeks in announcing their plans uh, for the, the fall semester and beyond, I mean, Indiana University, for one, they're leaving right around Thanksgiving, and they're not going to be back until, I think it's uh, early February. So they're basically doing all online stuff for December and January because it's a possibility of a second spike. South Carolina is going to be gone from uh, Thanksgiving until early, mid, mid-January. So I have a hard time kind of buying the idea that it's not okay for students to be on campus because of the risk of COVID, but it's totally fine for South Carolina to fly all the way to Tampa for the Outback Bowl to play in Michigan State or uh, somebody to play in the whatever they're going to call the Gasparilla Bowl in Tampa, Marshall and um, UCF. I don't know, whatever. I have a really hard time kind of imagining that going on. Yeah, you know the one thing, Matt, I can see – 
if you can bust to the bowl game, you can go. That kind of a mentality. Because let's not forget that um, at the end of the spring, baseball and softball teams are in the middle of their postseason. They're the, it's their favorite time of the year with no students on campus. So it's not like there aren't any students on campus sometimes when they're when they're playing. So they, they, they like that. They actually enjoy that time of the year. But but I think you're gonna have to be able to get them there safely more than anything. And as you as you said, you know, you're gonna be dealing with a hundred kids, a hundred plus support staff, all in one hotel. You know, uh, if, if we do have a second spike, I, I think it would be a, a major issue there. So, um, one, you're, you're right on baseball, softball taking place without students on campus. That's true, but I'm going to push back on that because there's a difference between the school year has ended and we're not allowing it. They're allowing we, we have made changes to ensure that students are not on there right now. Right. I think right. that's a, a difference. That is, that's a good point, yeah. And then, too, with, um, with the bowl games themselves, yeah, I think you might be right. If, if it's a geographic fit where it's a bus and it's a lot easier, that's one thing. But still, when, when you talk to bowl directors, as you and I both have over the years, they, they talk a lot about the economic impact that is, it brings to the city and um, all the, the great things that, you know, you come to the Gasparilla Bowl, you're going to go to Bush Gardens and you're going to go to the Clearwater Beach and do this, that, and the other. Well, if you're just coming in for the game, that you're not – that's not an option. Um, and then the, the bowl games, the reason they exist is to make money for the, the uh, to make an economic impact for the community. Um, and if you're not allowing fans to attend or only a limited amount of fans to attend, that's not going to happen. That, that impact just not going to exist. And that goes against kind of the mission statement of, of the bowls sure. themselves. So I, I don't know. It's, it certainly could happen. Um, I think there will be a bowl season. Uh, I just don't think it will look quite the way it normally has, and I don't know that all 82,000 bowls are, are going to be played uh, on schedule. I think there's going to be some changes to it. You know, ESPN needs that programming, though, They're <laughs> which is the second reason the bowls exist. But uh, Yes. Yeah. They, they absolutely do because degenerates like myself will be hanging out with family <laughs> Um, my, my in-laws in Dallas, and oh, uh, hey, uh, can we put on the uh, the Independence Bowl? I want to see uh, Miami, Louisiana Tech, or, or whatever it is. That's uh, that's kind of how I am. That was a fun game. I remember that. <laughs> that was awful. Yeah, it was God. the worst games ever played. My 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 nephew, he's a big NFL fan. He, I can't get him interested into into college. It's just, I just haven't been able to yet. I'm going to by God. Well, that was that would have been enough to take him away forever. I know. See, I'm trying to to, to get him to, to watch. Oh, check this out! Like these teams aren't very good. There's not a lot of good players in it. Okay, okay. You, you know what? You're right, buddy. Just hear me out. We'll try again another day. This is not the game. And Shreveport on December 27th. This was not it. Yeah. He is Matt Baker from the Tampa Bay Times. Does a great job covering college football, and we appreciated him have, being on. We'll take a break. Come right back with more here on the Duly Noted Podcast at GatorSports.com. Okay, thanks to uh, Matt Baker for joining us. Appreciate him. And uh, look forward, uh, like I've told, I, I, said, I think I said this a couple weeks ago, everybody I ever talked to on the phone, which I talk to a lot of people on the phone, especially now, I always say, hey, hope to see you soon. Uh, same with Matt, you know, hope to see him soon at a, at a press conference. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens with media days because they have made the calls to find out if people would attend and like i told them i have no idea if you tell me that we continue to improve the way we've been improving yeah i think i probably would go it's still going to be a tough call but i don't know that that's going to happen i'm as you guys know next tuesday is going to be a big indicator for me because then we'll be two weeks out from these knuckleheads at lake ozark and places like that um, getting together and ignoring these orders. And if we don't see a spike then, then I kind of feel like, okay. But don't forget, we also, with all the protesting going on, people are going arm in arm. And it, and it scares me a little bit. So we'll just see where we are at that point. I did want to talk about Andrew Nemhart a little bit, but look, he's gone. He's not a part of the team anymore. Um, I've heard Duke is a possible landing point for him. 
Uh, Duke's got its own problems, but we'll get to those in a minute. Um, the thing is, I, look, look, he left in part. I think, and again, I'm I'm totally guessing on this because I Mike White, I I think is in the bunker with Trump because I have not. You can't get a hold of him. You can't talk to him. And this has been going on for three months. I, I I don't know why he's being... He's a very private guy anyway. He's always been very private. You don't see Mike White out in the community. You don't see him doing things very much. He's a very... I, I go to work. Then I go to work again. Then I work the rest of the day. Then I spend time with my kids. Then I go back to work. And that's that's the guy he is. And uh, But he's not a, you know... I don't know if I don't know if they can even get him to do Mr. Two Bits. Um, so I haven't talked to him since before the SEC basketball tournament. Uh, but my, this is so this is totally a guess. But I think Andrew Nemhard felt like, oh, you signed fourteen guys. I guess you're not planning on me coming back because they, when they signed Castleton, um, so now he goes up and he's got a lot of lot of voices in his ears. Okay. Well, man, you you aren't being treated the right way. You know, you you haven't improved. You haven't gotten better. Your shooting percentage went down. That's on the coaches. Whatever. You played more minutes than anybody for two straight years. Your average didn't go up. Uh, that's a little bit on you. You Florida had to play slow because you're a slow point guard. Uh, when you add in uh, Kerry Blackshear and everything went through those two guys, it was a slow team and it wasn't fun to watch. I think Florida's going to be a lot more fun to watch. Doesn't mean they're going to be more successful. More turnovers probably will come with it. But we'll see. But, I, you know, I don't – he wants to transfer somewhere else unless he transfers to Kentucky or LSU or Auburn or Georgia, and that would be about it. Whatever you want to do is good for you. You know, fine. But I wonder what his legacy really is. You know, I said in my column it was a mixed legacy, and I didn't really get into that because I didn't have room. But it is a mixed legacy because people loved him at times and despised him at times. And and probably the when they despised him, it wasn't fair um, because he was just doing what he was told to do and what they, the plan was to do. But, um, you know, it, it Florida was a hard team to watch offensively, and people got mad at him for that. But that was his style, and that was the style they were going to play with him at point guard. But the LSU shot, the SEC tournament, love that. I had no problem with that. <laughs> and I think in the, in the end, when you think back to Andrew Nemhard's two-year career, uh, you know, I was talking to somebody the other day, and they were talking about the comparison to Nicolaitis. And Nicolaitis had better stats and actually was a better player, in my opinion. Uh, but Nicolaitis never got to the NCAA tournament. Andrew would have been there two years in a row, but he had probably better players around him. You can make the argument Nicolaitis had Chandler Parsons and Reese Spates and couldn't get to the tournament. But I thought Nick was – there was a time when people were talking about Nick being one of the best players they ever play at Florida. But there is a comparison there. A guy who left when you went, what? Where you? He went to Greece. He didn't go to the NBA. He went to Greece. It's. I don't think it's up in the Christian Dreyer category. What, you're leaving in the middle of the season to go play overseas? What's wrong with you? Billy told me one time he still doesn't understand why people are mad at him for that. He thinks, oh, that's what you do. You ready? Oh, they want to sign you? Good. I'm going to go. Hey, you guys go beat Georgia. Christian Dreyer. He's not fondly remembered. I think Kalaitis is to a point, and I think Nemhard kind of will be, but not. There'll always be a little bit of that kind of anger. Like if he had gone pro and gone to play the, in the G League or, or in Australia, I think people would have said, eh, good. But look, he he didn't go pro because he's not he knows he's not gonna get drafted. And he can't even go work out for guys so that other leagues can see him. All they've got is his tape of him going very slow down the court. So you gotta take the high road on this. Hey, thanks for two great years. Good teammate. Guys never talk badly of him. Um, good player. Would have had Florida in the NCAA tournament two years in a row. 
lot of great wins, a lot of terrible losses. But still, I think you should be positive when you think of him as a former Gator. But a lot of people are going to want to come out and condemn Mike White. Oh, you can't even – oh, my God, he's transferring. That's on Mike White. He blew, he, he ran him off. Oh. Guys are going to leave. Guys are going to not leave. Gorjan Gak went to a school that is just starting basketball this year. They don't have a basketball team. They're just starting it because he just wanted to play. Guy, this is basketball. Basketball had over a thousand transfer portal guys last year, plus two hundred fifty players who went into the NBA draft. They only draft sixty. Let me do the math real quick. It's just the way it is. You, you recruit five-star guys, you get five-star problems with them. And that's why having getting Scotty Lewis back, to me, was a much bigger deal than it would have been getting Andrew Nemhard back. Scotty Lewis has the potential to be a great player. I don't know if he'll reach that potential or not. I think Andrew Nemhard's ceiling was about what you've seen. And maybe he does. Maybe we we sit back a year from now, and he goes to Duke, and he has an unbelievable year, and he's up in the Player of the Year conversations, and we go, hmm, maybe we were wrong about that. Personally, I just don't think that. I don't see that for him. I think his ceiling isn't that high. But that's my opinion. That's why you listen to the podcast, right? Uh, do I even want to talk about Major League Baseball? They keep going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Let's play 60 games. Let's play 100 games. Let's play 40 games. Let's play 90 games. Let's play 4,000 games. Whatever. Just decide and play baseball so we have something to watch. We're desperate here for sports to watch. My dad would call. I talked to my dad today. He was watching the 1980 Alabama-Auburn game. He's like, and they'll show it three more times. It's it. We need sports, obviously. Sports is a distraction and nothing more. It doesn't mean we take our focus off the things that are going on in our country. And it doesn't mean we take our focus off the coronavirus and what we're dealing with. But we need it. We need somebody to play a sport. The golf was great, and then it was gone. Come back. We got to wait another nine days before they start again. Come on! And even then, to be honest with you, we need the we need bats and balls and hoops. That's what we need. So um, I don't know what baseball is going to end up doing, but they're they're idiots, and they've been idiots for a long time. Uh, I did want to say one thing. In fact. Um, Wes Unsell passed away today. I might have been yesterday, but it came out today. Uh, man, that let me tell you what those. There's I don't know. There's ever been a player like him. The closest maybe was Charles Barkley, but Charles Barkley could really jump. Uh, I remember Duncan and Dwayne Schintz's face here in games one time. But Wes Unsell just moved everybody out of the way. This will be my rebound when it comes off the rim, and there ain't a damn thing you can do about it. And then I'm going to outlet pass to somebody on a fast break. He was a great player, went to Louisville. Um, you know, I was never a big fan of the of that team, but but um, you always admired what he was able to do. So uh, sad to hear. And it, this is a sad truth, is that I feel like my dad sometimes – um, I really do. Because with the joke on my dad used to be, hey, dad, I know it's coming because you always say, hey, did you hear about Joe Tringali? And you go, or, do you remember Joe Tringali? And you go, yeah, I remember him. Uh, he's, he passed away. Okay, now it's me. I'm the one doing it. Hey, dad, did you hear about Biff Pokoroba? Passed away. One of the greatest names in all sports. Seems like every day somebody else, but that's I guess that's just because I'm getting old. So when I get old, more people I know of are have got are getting old and then they're dying. So anyway, all right, uh, let's go to the legendary, acclaimed, Oscar-winning three things. 
It's time for three things. Sponsored by Regions Bank. Making life better every day. Number one. Great piece by Dennis Dodd talking about the possibility that we're getting closer to the 65 uh, major teams, the Power Five teams, which includes the, the five conferences and Notre Dame, breaking away from the NCAA. The NCAA has – it's almost at the end of its rope where it just can't do anything right. It can't do anything with, with any power, and I think it could happen. You could see this happen where the – the 60 and you should go read the story it's really good long story so it gives you something to do 65 teams may just say hey look let's just let's just form our own rules let's have a commissioner which would make a lot of sense okay and we will go ahead and set the rule that where you can transfer once without sitting out and you can't transfer twice no matter what the circumstances it would be so simple we don't need a committee for that okay it would be so simple. And there's not going to be anarchy, guys. you got to get over that. Everybody has 85 scholarships. That's it. It's not going to go up. But go read the story. He makes a lot of good points. We could see in the next few years the, the Power Five breaking away. Doesn't mean they'll never play a group of five school or FCS schools. But they're going to set the rules the way they want to set them that'll work for them. Uh, and of course we're dealing with this NIL thing and, uh, those 65 schools also ask Congress, you need to do this for us. Cause we can't wait on the NCAA cause it's a mess. And that's where all this talk came from. But the NCAA, they, they're like, huh, what, what's, what do the NIL stand for? Nil. Oh, you mean like a soccer term term? No, so they're going to Congress and going. You guys set the, you set the rules and we'll follow them. You know, and but here's what we'd like to see in those rules. So I think I actually thought that was a pretty smart letter to send. All right, number two. It appears that Zion Williamson has problems and that they um, there was a motion to dismiss uh, uh, or to block any discovery of whether or not he was actually eligible having to do with sneaker money that came to his family and blah, blah, blah. We hear this story all the time. Uh, we were hearing it much more with this FBI wiretap. And, of course, his attorneys for his family tried to block the discovery. And now they're saying, nope, you got to answer some questions, my boy. Let's do it right now. Now, there's two ways to look at this. One is Duke may or may not have known anything about this but he may have been a an illegal player an ineligible player and then duke might have to forfeit all those wins (laughs) who cares you know nobody cares about that did duke win the national championship no there was they did not they were they lost that's all it really matters and even then, I don't know that it matters that they had to four for a national championship. But the black mark on Coach K would be pretty dark. That's all I have to say. It would not look good for him. Finally, number three, I'm asking for some help here. And again, the nine people who are still listening because they've gotten – Maybe they've turned me off because they've gotten tired of me talking and maybe preaching too much. But I'm looking for some help. I'm, I've got an idea for – and look, we're desperate for ideas, as you know. But I've got an idea for this column I want to write, and it won't be for a couple of weeks, but I want to see what kind of feedback I get. You know my email address, pat.dooley at gatorsports.com. You know my Twitter handle, at pat underscore dooley. Uh, you know my address – do I know my address? 2700 Southwest 13th Street. Isn't that it? Yeah. Gainesville, Florida. So I'm looking for just some feedback on something. What makes Florida different from every other place, every other school, not only in the conference, but in the country? And I've got some ideas that make them different. And it, don't don't say, we have an alligator mascot. Nah, yeah, who cares? I wonder what makes Florida different. So you guys have a chance to have some feedback on this and help me out. And I'm going to take the smart ones 
and do something else with them because I've got another idea for another thing. Now you're feeling pressure. Or maybe not. All right, that'll do it for today's podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Thanks so much to Matt Baker. Again, we went a little long, but these things happen. Uh, Thanks to Matt Baker of the Tampa Bay Times for joining us. Until next time, and there will be one next week. we got two more, then I've got a vacation week, then one more after that, and then we're going to take a little bit of time off away and just wait and see how things go. Again, this comes down to this. If it, on August 10th, Florida reports for practice, we'll start them back up. If they don't, and we're back in a bad situation, that's the only reason I don't want to commit to anything by then. But here's what we know. Do one next week, do one the week after, vacation, do one the week after that, and that'll shut it down for a little while just until we know what's going on, all right? Hope you guys are good with that. Until next time, I'm Pat Dooley, the sports columnist of the Gainesville Sun. I am deep, I am way back, and I am out of here. The Duly Noted Podcast is brought to you by Tire Kingdom. Let Tire Kingdom get you there safely and affordably. Midas, trust the Midas touch. Outback Steakhouse, no rules, just right. And by Regions Bank, making life better every day.